0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Bombercast for Season 2021. I am your host, Bonser34, this evening, back from my one week off the podcast, and I'm joined this evening by two very special guests, Dero and Jamu. How are you, lads, this evening?
1: Uh, look, reeling from the the announcement of uh, a lockdown and a curfew, I was looking forward to my uh, midnight stroll. Um to get out and about, but that's that's been canned. But apart from that, pretty excited about the bombers and uh final football. Hopefully here we come.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm living the dream. Thanks for asking Bons.
1: <laughs> it does sound like you are living the
0: dream at the moment, mate, but before we start talking about the, the highs of your current situation, lockdown in Melbourne, we will dive into the uh, the game that we all saw yesterday, which, is, of course, was Essendon versus the Suns down at Cadinia Park. And it's the first time we've won at Cadinia Park since... 90, I think 1990 was the last time we won there. I think I read it on the board. Um, what were your takeaways, there I thought our first quarter was pretty average, and then we just seemed to flick the switch at quarter time, turned up and ran all over them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... We looked like we were just bombing it a bit in the first quarter. And then we, we got our running game going in, into the wind, which was really good, really dynamic. So yeah, it was, it was a good win in the end, but it, we, we didn't look that great in the first quarter.
1: Yeah, look, it was the wind, apparently. That's what we were told again and again and again by the inane commentary. It was all about the wind in the first quarter that we didn't capitalise on it. So that was um, what I think was a problem in the first quarter. But I think also from memory, bonds, It's uh, I don't think we've ever played there twice in the one season. No, I'd be surprised if we
0: had before because obviously we haven't had to have a game relocated. So I don't think anybody other than Geelong's actually ever called that a home ground prior to COVID.
1: Well, that was one of the uh, stats that was announced by the Menses in the commentating box, which did strike me as an odd thing to latch onto. But yeah, you're right.
0: I just want to talk about the wing because it was mentioned on our board and it was, it was something that I actually thought while I was watching the game. I actually thought that the ball was carrying further when we were supposedly kicking into it, and and holding up when it was going the other way. I mean, clearly the clearly commentators would have been able to work out which way the wind was going. So so obviously, um, at the ground it was clearly blowing to the to the right of the screen or the way we were going in the first quarter. But just visually, I was I was amazed how much they kept referring to it because. It just didn't appear to be impacting the game anywhere near as much as I mean I think they said it was a three or four goal breeze which it just did not come across that way sitting at home watching the
2: game. I think Chris Johnson did try to say it quite a few times but they had his mic down turned turned down so low that no one could hear him.
1: He's an odd one that one. I'm not going to get into it now but every time I see him he, he yeah there's there's just I don't want yeah best not say anything actually.
0: He's just very quiet. I think is the is the way is the way to put it. He's quietly spoken, and it just doesn't seem to have the, the personality to, or the exuberance, I suppose, to to be a commentator. Which I suppose I grew up with Dipper in the nineties, um, and I don't know who you two grew up with in the
1: sixties doing the <laughs> driving, but. I, I think he comes across more as a seedy uncle type. But um, yeah, maybe it's just he's softly spoken compared. It was a game
0: of uh one, one quarter or uh, one I was gonna say one quarter, three quarters, but Jamu, there is a bloke that uh Darrow did say we should trade um, halfway through the year and he five goals again So 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 we'll just have a quick chat about Darrow's mate Stringer. He's just unbelievable when he's in full flight. He, he I, I mean, I know we say that regularly, but he just does stuff that you just sit back and go, how the hell did he pull that out of his ass? And he's doing it on a regular basis, week to week,
1: right now. Oh yeah, he's he was amazing again. And and I think some of the the, uh, the the efforts that he he does that kind of don't fully get rewarded all the time are pretty big as well. But for such a for such a unit that can do such awesome clearance work and then get into the forward line, bang a couple of goals through, and then back to the uh, clearance machine, he, it, it's amazing to watch him.
2: He's a freak. He's a freak, and I'm glad we didn't trade him halfway through the year, Bonds. I think that was fantastic.
0: <laughs> I think at the time you were trying to make a point, but I, uh, I think at the time you might have had a couple of daddy juices and <laughs> the point wasn't coming across as clearly as you thought it was. Is that a, is that a fair is that a fair summary?
2: Look, there, maybe yes, <laughs> yes. It could have been a little bit in that. It was you know fairly late at night. And I may have been taken out of context.
0: That doesn't sound like something that anybody who quoted you would do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, that's what everyone does. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) The other person I was impressed with first game back, Andy McGrath. He has been in the gym. He's looking huge. Well, he's probably had not much else to do, really, because he hasn't been able to, to get
0: out on the track a great deal. So he may as well have gone to the gym and bulked up a little bit.
2: He's got a um, beefy rear end, doesn't he? A bit of power through that posterior core, posterior <laughs> chain, I should say.
1: Yep, that was I noticed that too.
0: I mean, I was surprised that he, if you look at the stats, he, he he only had thirteen touches. He he seemed to be a lot more involved in the game than that. His first couple of touches were very nervy, so I I think Andy does seem to rush at times. But the more he, he the game got on, he actually seemed to be a little bit more calm and composed, um, under a bit of pressure. So I thought that was a pleasing return, um, first game back.
1: I'm surprised it was only 13 touches. That's, um, he did look like he was in amongst it a lot more than that.
0: The other bloke I thought played well again, uh, yesterday, and he's done it a couple of weeks in a row now, and that is Sam Draper. I thought he took Zach Smith to the, to the cleaners yesterday. Um, it certainly gave us the presence that we needed in the midfield and, uh, <laughs> He, he does love going for a run, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He just loves tucking that ball under the arm and having a, having a crack and, and seeing how far he can get before he uh, gets uh, brought down.
1: Oh, look, it's good to see. And he you know if he can stick the arm out and shove off a couple of would-be tacklers, it's, it's even better. But he's great to watch. He is just someone that for the next 10 years is going to be awesome to sit back and watch. If he could learn to kick, it would be even better.
2: I think someone posted somewhere that they thought he'd be in calculations or, or in the in the running as an All-Australian maybe next year. Uh, if he keeps up the form of the last couple of weeks, 100%, I agree with that for sure.
1: Yeah, that would be exciting.
0: I mean, the league does seem to have a few decent young ruckmen getting around. I mean... I know he took English to the. I don't want to say to the cleaners because I've just said it, but I'll say it again. Took took English to the cleaners last week, but English is is a pretty exciting young ruckman. Um, Jackson from Melbourne's another one. It does seem just to be that little bit of depth in the in the ruck stocks in the league. When I suppose if you go back only a couple of years ago, it was sort of Brody Grundy, Max Gorn, Nick Nat, Todd Goldstein, and, and not much else really.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I've probably said in the past that the the ruckman is probably one of the most overrated positions. In the entire game. Having said I'd that, I'd love you to say that to Sam Draper's face, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, when you get a good ruckman like the the couple that you've mentioned, it uh, it does act as an extra midfielder when the you know the ball hits the ground.
2: Especially when you can move like Draper. I don't mind the uh, the big fella that's playing in the the seconds at the moment as well, Brian. I reckon he he looks like he's got a a bit of upside as well. We we might struggle to keep him if um if if Draper. You Know he's playing this well and and uh he can't get into the side.
0: Well, well I think I think Jamu sort of said a little bit there if Draper could kick straight, it would be much better because because Draper can clunk a mark, he is very good around the ground at clunking a mark. and I think um, Brian's pretty handy up forward as well as a sort of a you know a pinch hitter. So, the two of them could very well just start forming a formidable partnership and rotating, which then would, of course, free Peter Wright up to be the the full-time centre-half forward or full forward coming out of the goal square. So
1: it's almost... Going back to to two dedicated rucks in the team. Well, not dedicated rucks, but two.
2: Controversial. controversial.
1: Well, it it, it is. But, I mean,
0: when's the last time we had two gun rucks that we could play side-by-side? I mean, David Hill and Paddy Wright have probably played
1: side-by-side for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think David Hill was great going forward.
0: I mean, Paddy got his chance when when Hill did the um the neon Anzac Day that that time.
1: That was yeah, did very well. But I wouldn't be against it, especially if um you know I mean Draper's no slouch around the ground. He'll he'll get his hands dirty and tackle and yeah, if he could go forward and have a little bit more confidence in his kicking, then it could be a, it could be a game changer.
0: Yeah, and I like I like that you mentioned his tackling because I th- I said on the board a, a few weeks ago that I'd like him just to be that little bit harder. Um, I, I thought a couple of times he was. Very, very aware of his size, and as such, probably wasn't driving the tackles as hard as as he could. But uh, you know, you don't want the Shane Mumford style thumping thumping blokes behind play. But I just thought he could hit blokes a little bit harder. And I reckon the last couple of weeks, when he's laid a tackle, he's really made sure that the midfielders have felt it when he when he's hit
1: him. Yeah, look, he doesn't mind shoving guys, but yeah, the, the, the I mean, he'd hate for. Him to see some of the, um, you know, suspensions for sling tackles or illegal tackles or, or dangerous tackles, and think, oh no, better back off. That would be that would be terrible. But potentially, that's what's happened.
2: Yeah, it's probably gone a little bit too far, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, if you look at the Hawkins one, and and we'll just
0: we'll just diverge slightly here, but the Hawkins one, to me, was just, it's a
1: good footy tackle.
0: He he's come from behind. He's chased the bloke down. It's unlucky that what's happened, but it's still just a good footy tackle.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think some of those um, reports for dangerous tackles, sling tackles, I, I fail to see how they can be reasonably called dangerous within 10, you know, things happen accidentally. But yeah, it's, it's stunning. I think that'll quietly, hopefully quietly just, you know, peter out and we won't have that.
0: Well, if you want to talk about sling tackles, I think you look no further than what we saw last week when, you know, Redmond got done for his and Poor old Merritt was thrown like a rag doll, and it was just called play on. I mean, the inconsistency in, in the tackles, yeah, you, you sort of, you can, you can almost, you don't want to excuse it from a game day point of view, but you, you can almost excuse it from the game day point of view, because it's it's happening live, and you've got seconds to react, but Michael Christian has all the time in the world to review those tapes, and he is making some unbelievably inconsistent
1: decisions. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, looking at those two that you mentioned, Redmond and Merritt, the 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 Merritt one, the fact that it wasn't picked up by the um, match review panel is, is, is crazy.
2: I think the uh, the inconsistency must be driving the fans wild. And, and just in that game, it's a pretty good example too, Bons, of the inconsistency. You've got two very, very similar tackles. One guy gets suspended for a week and the other one isn't even looked at. I mean, it's incredible. And then the week before, Buddy Franklin... You know, elbowed elbow a bloke in the head, and uh, and and got off. So it's pretty it, hard to understand how it all works, to be honest.
0: It, it is. I will just say the one with Buddy though, because it get, did get mentioned a lot. It was was Christian actually did suspend Buddy? He got off the tribunal, same as Redmond. So that one's probably a little hard to understand how the tribunal actually let him off. But it's also bizarre that that something like that, like Buddy throwing an elbow back, is only worth one week in the in the yeah, in the first place. I mean, I know they've got their point. They put this point system and grading system in to make it simpler, but they seem to have made it more confusing because some incidents like buddies are graded as medium and then Redmonds is also graded as medium when clearly one is much worse than the other.
1: Yeah, I think anything that happens in the act of playing football such as a tackle, cannot be viewed in the same way as something that happens outside of playing football, like throwing your elbow back at somebody's head because they're upsetting you a little bit. The fact that those two incidences aren't treated differently is is astounding. Yeah, spot on.
0: Oh, we'll just bring us back to our game yesterday. One of the things I um, noticed, especially in that second quarter, was we had a lot of crumbing goals yesterday from from our our, our sort of medium to, to small forwards. I mean, Guelphie, you know, how good was Guelphie's first goal in, the, in that second quarter where he literally just read it off the pack, streamed through, and by the time the Suns realised what had happened, he was 15 metres in space with an easy, easy shot on goal. You know, Waterman read the pack in the, in the goal square and snapped that one. Um, Guelphie, again, his second goal was off the pack. Stringer did a couple off the pack. Like Our small forwards, even though Tippenwoody didn't play, they still looked incredibly dangerous and it was almost like they realised that because Tip and Woody wasn't there, they all need to step up to, to, to fill the void of, of the pressure and the, the speed and, and just, the, just the goal sense and tackling of, of um, small forwards. So Tip was off having, I think it was what, a 10-day training load to get him cherry ripe for hopefully our, our finals campaign Putting him back in into that side after with what we saw yesterday it, it's going to be an exciting time come first week of the final should we make it
1: yeah look and I don't want to say that you know we're in year one of his two-year decline already um, but if he struggles <laughs> to get back it, it could it, it could be a sharp decline and I and I hope I'm wrong but this is it's, this is a feeling that I get but talking about Guelphy, I thought he was fantastic as well he's um he is when he's when he's good, he, he he's one of the most underrated players. And as soon as he has a, a bit of a down game, everyone jumps on him.
2: He's up and down, but you're right. But I think there's a bit of a there's a decent chasm between his best and his worst. And I think sometimes it's fair enough.
1: Look, I, I'd suggest he's more up than down.
0: I tend to agree, and I think he will next year get the same treatment that I think Will Snelling has got this year because I think last year Will Snelling was also getting the. Um, if he made a mistake, everyone would jump on him, even though he was probably more up than down. Whereas this year, because he's just been so consistently up, people have sort of forgotten how much they were jumping on him last year. And so so I think Guelph is in that transitional stage now where people are still jumping in on him for his mistakes, but he'll just reach that level of consistency next year in his performance that they'll forget about, you know, all those little things. And when he does make a mistake, it won't be amplified.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a very good comparison between the two because i yeah i, I must admit I, I was a bit surprised at snelling you know first that we picked him up i thought another runner mid but he played pretty much most games last year is that right i believe so yes and uh, yeah again that that was that surprised me um but so, yeah this year I, I thought he's been great so and it's okay to admit that you were wrong
2: <laughs> he's a handy little player isn't he well
0: he's just a little nugget isn't he really Darrow? i mean yeah he, he, he laid you know, four tackles or whatever it was yesterday, but he he just has that little that almost bull mentality around him.
2: Yeah, no, that's it. He's like a little bulldog. He's a he's like a little ball of muscle, you know, floating around with a low centre of gravity that keeps getting his hands on the on the footy, getting involved, laying tackles. He, he just seems to be around it. Yeah, he's he's turning out all right.
1: Yeah, he's got that little man strength. That's just the like crazy little man strength. I thought you were gonna say he's got that little band syndrome. Oh no. No no he's he's not, he's not that little but He gets that glint in his eye, I think. I think Devin Smith might have little man syndrome.
0: I actually didn't mind Devin yesterday. I thought, you know, he lowered his eyes a couple of times. He was doing some late hits, but they weren't so late and so hard that he was giving away free kicks. He he was almost sort of playing the role that that we really need him to play. Um, And again, I'm not sure if that was because Tip and Woody was, was absent and he realized he needed to step up. Or, or if he maybe just had a talking to it during the week. Because that time, when he got that ball in the second quarter and was streaming towards goal, I honestly expected him, when he turned and looked like he was going to snap, was just going to try and blaze away from around his body at 45. But instead, he just hit, hit um, Archie up beautifully, you know, 25 metres out.
1: Yeah, that was great. That was, um, it almost, that was the, the day that his heart grew and he finally became a man.
0: Sarah, do you want to handle that one? Because I have no idea what he's talking about.
2: <laughs> oh, I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story uh, that Jamu is telling about a band who was angry, and then he turned people... a
1: corner. There's other things, you know, teamwork. He found the joy of teamwork, working as a team.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you guys have actually seen the uh, the draw for next week. So round 23 draw has finally come out. The Bulldogs and porter playing on the friday night now i must admit i had a bit of a laugh because i've been reading a lot of hawthorne fans on on the social media saying that they should be playing the friday night game because it's clarko's farewell i don't think oh, anybody could could anybody really be bothered watching richmond and hawthorne in what is essentially a dead rubber honestly
2: ooh, ooh. can i handle this one <laughs> I've got two words Fuck clarko <laughs>
1: I mean, look, eloquent as always, and I, I tend to agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Clarko's been a, a good coach, but he also did have a great list at his disposal, which I think we've we've discussed. I think it, maybe it was even with you, Daryl, we had that chat about coach whether it was coaches or lists that were more important. But anyway, I digress. They've actually so they've actually been given the really early slot on Saturday, so that'll have pleased the Hawthorne fans. But we are 3.20 on Sunday, and West Coast play the day before. against. Ah, oh, so we'll know. Well, the other one is Fremantle play St. Kilda at 12.15. So that game will be over by the time we run out. So we will know one way or the other whether or not we're actually having to win or whether we're already in. I
1: hope we have to win to get in. No, no. No, I, I like that. I'd like that extra pressure just to see how we, we perform.
2: Can't we just drop all our players if we know we're in and give them a week off or something? Can Are they do doing it? the
1: buy after the last round anyway, before the finals, or have they... No, they've scrapped that. They've oh,
0: scrapped that. So, so they're going to bring that in. That'll either be before the preliminary finals or before the grand final. And and to be honest, if it's before the preliminary finals, whoever wins in week one is, is up shit creek because we know... Well, I say we know, but there's evidence there that suggests that 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 buy can really stifle sides. So sides that sides that win winning week one have the week off and then and then play the prelim against the side that's you know lost week one, but is won week two because that side that side's got the continuity of games. The team that wins the qualifying final always is always just seems to be battling a little bit uphill. And if you throw the fact in, they're going to have two weeks off between games. That to me just seems it's a long time between drinks, you know, as as Essendon fans of the early nineties can attest to. When um you know Collingwood and West Coast drew, and and Essendon had to wait the extra week to, to play again, and all of a sudden everything yeah. had gone to shit.
2: Mm. I, I reckon that cost us uh, a premiership, actually.
0: So if you're going to do a a, a buy during the finals, surely it's the week before the grand final.
2: Yeah,
1: only two teams are affected anyway. Yeah, yeah at, I never I never understood. Yeah. Uh, that the the pre-finals buy when there was all the momentum and you know getting the team ready for the finals charge and then a rest and a relax and a yeah I never got it
2: didn't yeah. didn't they do it because our the sides were were putting in you know really weak sides towards the end of the year and and dropping games
1: it was Ross Lyon and his St Kilda team where they made about eighteen changes from the previous week but.
0: At the end of the day, if a side wants to do that, so be it. Like, and I think didn't they didn't they end up losing the next week? They did. Yeah.
1: So it's not exactly a successful formula. Well, I reckon they should agree with you 100%. And I reckon they should get at the grand final. Anyone who's on the list should get a medal, and bring them all out. Not piss about by having an Aussie kid give one. Them that they can just be safe for the players that play, but I think realizing that it's a team effort for the whole year, you've got role players that need to come in and cover injury, and they you know contribute significantly to a team's success as well. I think, yeah, the fact that it's just a 22 is a bit of an anachronism for mine, feels almost like a little bit like a participation trophy.
2: I was gonna say, everyone gets a medal, come on, Jamie.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, it's a team game. Guys, guys.
2: No, no, I'm only joking. I agree with you. I, and, and who was it? The Bulldogs Bulldogs player that missed out, the captain. Can't even, his name escapes me at the moment. Good to see Bevo put the, the medal around him after the game. Yeah. Oh, Bob Murphy. Bob Murphy. You know, it was an awesome gesture.
0: It was, but then the way he sort of came back also made me hate on him a little bit the next year because he just sort of came back in, wanted to be made captain. And well, because he was still captain, held on to his captaincy when I think he probably should have given it to Wood at that stage, and then probably stunk up the rest of the season. But um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's good to see.
0: Uh, <laughs> now I will just say though, it would be nice to actually win the last round. So I know, I think was it who's was one of you said that it doesn't really matter if we. If we don't win the last game, if we don't have to to play finals, you don't want to go into a final series on a loss, do you? Especially to Collingwood.
1: No, I want us to be in the position where we have to win, where we yeah, 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 where and we have to win. We We carry form in, and you know, that would be my ideal.
2: As long as no one gets injured, actually, it'd be interesting to see whether Caldwell gets a run this week too. It'd be good to get get some game time into him.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be against that.
0: Yeah, well, him and. Him and uh, Baldwin seem to be the standouts from that report that we saw coming out of yeah. the scratch match.
1: I think uh, you you got to think it would be a bit too premature for Baldwin, but Caldwell was, was starting 22. No, if Sheedy was coach,
0: he'd bring Baldwin in. <laughs> the last time we actually won our last three games before finals was 2002. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we haven't played a great deal of finals series since then, but, yeah, we actually haven't actually gone in on a massive winning streak. And before that, it was... Back in 1999, which, um you know, we I don't actually think they've played a final series that year, did they?
1: <laughs> Not that
0: I can recall. But back on Caldwell, if he was... His, I mean, that, from reading the report, he, he was clearly a step above everybody else. But who do you drop for him at this stage? Yeah, good
1: point. Yeah, I mean, coming off a win like that, you'd, you'd think anyone would be a bit stiff. I mean, I, I actually think, to bring back Tip and Woody... If,
0: well, if we—it depends on when tip is fit. But if they bring him back this week, they'll probably have to drop someone like like Dylan Clark, who I don't think's done a great deal wrong since he's been brought back into the team.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. It's going to be a tough decision either way. I mean, what it be someone could like do well,
0: you—I don't think you can drop <laughs> Gwelfy based on what we've seen. But but you know, maybe you have to. And he's who's that well, Gleeson was the sub because the oh, other okay. one so, is is Nick Cox. So we've got to bring him back. Well, I said we've got to bring him back. We don't necessarily have to bring him back, um, but yeah, if you sort of look at the the fringe players, you know, Clark hasn't done much wrong. Cutler's at the wrong end of the ground, really. You mm. Durham, you've got to keep him in. Have to keep him in. Devon Smith, maybe. Well, I've just said that he played the best game that I thought he played for a while. So I don't who I mean, who are you dropping, Derek? Look at look at the side from the weekend and, and tell me who you dropped for Tippen and Woody and, and Nick Cox. And I suppose Joe Caldwell.
2: Yeah, I don't know, they may have to stay out. I don't think I'd bring Nick Cox back in. I, I haven't been happy with him for a few weeks, actually. Smith, yeah, I could I could probably live without Smith, given the way he's been Mouthing off, um, although he was better on the weekend, as you say. It's a, Look, it's a tough one, really. I mean, it's a good problem to have, isn't it, at the end of the day? You know, quality players who, who can't get a game. We, we're very close to full strength at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty interesting. I mean, there were no injuries. Dyson didn't break her thumb or a finger or something. No, exactly.
0: And, and the other problem you've got is is if, if you go the path of, saying dropping Cutler and moving Francis back, none of the players, you know, Tip and Woody, Caldwell... I mean, maybe Cox could play as that tall forward in place of Francis, who goes back for, for Cutler. But, again, I don't think Cutler's done a lot wrong since he's come into the side this year. It's hard to drop anyone. It's it's whoever's, Whoever doesn't play this week, whoever gets dropped, even, whoever misses out, he's it, it, probably got grounds to feel a little bit hard done by. Because, I mean, again, Gleeson was sub on the weekend, but I don't think he did much wrong last week either
2: he played his role. And that's the thing. People are coming in and playing their role. I think that's the, that's the big thing that, that I'm taking away from this year, Bonds. that you sort of raised it to an extent. They're, you can bring guys in and they're, they're capable of playing a role. And last year, some of these guys really weren't setting the world on fire. And, and someone like Gleason, yeah, struggled to get a game all year, came in, did a job. Cutler's the same. So it's it's tough.
1: And look, that's exactly why they should all get medals on grand final day.
2: Yeah, no you're yeah. right you you've you, yeah. I want
0: it <laughs> Yeah all right I'll, I'll concede and say that you're exactly you're 100% right and they should absolutely get uh get the medals on grand final day.
1: All right it's uh settled we've got a quorum um motion carried.
0: Yeah oh, so I'm just still looking at this side trying to work out who the hell they're going to drop but yeah good luck good luck to the coaches um because because the, the other bloke uh, we probably can't bring him back, but I would have loved for him to come back for one last tilt to the finals is Hooker. But there's, mm. just, there's just no way you can bring him back in based on his exposed form before he was rested, omitted, whatever you want to call it. You, you just can't bring him
1: back, surely. Look, not on the base, you know, after, after that game, after that performance, uh, such a high-scoring game as well. It's not as though we're we're wanting for forward options.
2: Francis has done all right too, hasn't he? He's shown a few glimpses. Is he the direct replacement for, for Hooker at the moment, do you think, or is it big right?
0: I think it's a combination because, I mean, I didn't see Hooker getting up the ground as often as you see probably Wright and, and Francis. I mean, Hooker still went up the ground, but but he's played very much closer closer to uh, closer the goal. So I actually think Wright and Francis are probably rotating a lot more than than Hooker and, and Wright did on, in, in that role.
1: And then you've got to fit Jones back in there. Well, he is he done for the year? or Is he coming back? Uh, I don't think he's done for the year. I think there was a there was a chance, not this week, but they'd have, you'd have to bring him in for a final if we make it and he's and he's ready.
0: Well, that's why I was thinking about Cox because the experience, you know, again, is the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then there's there's no there's no one really else that you'd be wanting to drop because they're not the future. And still a very young side. Yeah, still, what, what were we,
0: 24? Uh, still, yeah, just under 25 years old in, in average. And we actually didn't have anybody above 30 on the weekend.
1: Yeah. so
0: a... I don't think we've had anyone above 30, probably. Uh, once Hooker was gone, I'm not too sure there there would have been too many others. Zara uh, would be the other one we've played this year above 30. I don't think there's too many others. Oh, Phillips, maybe.
2: Is Phillips over 30? He that old. Uh, been probably... around that long.
0: Yes, Andrew Phillips is above 30. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that up and, off the top of my head. We'll get Beery, we'll get Beery to um, stat check, and then he can edit in. Yes, Andrew Phillips is above 30. Or, no, Andrew Phillips is not above 30.
1: Look, I do know he was uh, born in 1991. So, um, so I'm, I'm, that will make I'm, him almost 30 at least. So I'm born no, of July. Like, he <laughs> is over 30. 3rd of July,
0: 91. Oh, yeah. uh, so now be Beery, Beery won't edit it into to uh, have my bif, bif, uh, above or below. I'm not sure Barry would have edited that in for me anyway. Are you good? Old man Phillips? Yep, he's, uh 30.
2: I didn't think he was that old. There you go. Yeah, that's surprising.
0: Well, that's going to be helpful because it means uh, we can trade him off for a first-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> have, <laughs> have your mate the twos as our number one backup ruckman, Dero.
2: Yeah, Winning.
0: Well, lads, the last thing I want to talk about is is if we make finals, would you rather Brisbane or Sydney?
1: I'd rather Brisbane purely, purely to be able to um, you know, beat Brisbane and players that play for Brisbane that used to play for other teams. That would be my say, ideal is scenario. To, is
0: that because you want to beat
1: Brisbane or because you want to beat <laughs> <laughs> he who shall not be named. Ah, oh, look, I'm, I'm I'm petty enough to admit that. Um, yeah, it is that because I want to beat Tenner Although I do think that would be quite quite hilarious that um you know he's left to go to the team that finished what first on the ladder last year and looking for some success and we bundle them out in the finals. That would be brilliant.
2: I think that would be the perfect scenario.
1: From a
0: footballing point of view, though. You'd rather Brisbane over Sydney?
2: I'd rather Sydney, for sure.
1: Nah, I'm Sydney. going all in on Brisbane.
0: Well, the, uh... the other one is because Sydney... I mean, the Sydney game won't be played in Sydney. There's, n- there's no chance that the final will be played in Sydney. So we could end up getting a home game against Sydney. Oh, okay. That <laughs> would it's, be nice. That's the other way to look at it.
2: But it would be nice to beat Brisbane because of Danaher.
0: It it would be, and, and, and you're right. I just think from a footballing point of view, we probably want to play Sydney. However, there is the third option in that the Bulldogs can still fall, so they can fall to fifth, and we did just beat them two weeks ago. Yeah, true. But we still consensus that if we had the uh, pick of the three, we we'd take Brisbane for the story. Yeah. Or Sydney for the footballing point of view. Now, but you're Brisbane for the story. <laughs> All righty, lads. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've managed to fill out a lot of time this evening. Uh, we don't want this to run too much longer. So, thank you both once again for coming on this evening. Always a pleasure.
2: Absolutely a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And we will have another chat next week, and hopefully it will be to discuss the upcoming final series uh, for the Eston Football Club. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening, and have a lovely evening. <laughs>